Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to have a special episode. We'll have an interview with a person I'll introduce in just a little bit. But with me today is Todd Schomburg. Hey, Matt. And I'm Matt Brueger. Sorry, both I didn't with do the hate all the Tilthies Tilthies out yeah, there. I know, it's, you, you screwed it's it up already. It's weird in the cadence, yeah. It's, we're, we're literally like... It's weird when you say right to my face 10 seconds and then i got to go yeah. hate all the Tilthies out there right away. So just... <clears throat> Getting that out there. So there you go. All right. Todd and I are joined today by a friend of ours, a man by the name of Bill Eberly or William Eberly. Do you prefer Bill or William? Uh, whatever you like. Whatever you like. Have, you ever, have you ever seen the, the Sanford and Son episode where he's going through his mail and he, Bill, 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 <laughs> William. So apparently it's like an even more expensive Bill. I, 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 I am, uh, no, I've not seen that one. I, I always sing the, uh, the uh, I'm just a Bill. Oh yeah, yes. I'm, on I'm only bill. a bill. Yeah. Yes, that's kind of sums me up, right? I'm I'm just a bill. Well, just not that. Uh, bill <laughs> Eberly has been involved in large scale commercial dairying in Wisconsin for more than twenty years, and is now an account manager for CHR Hansen Labs. He's written eight articles for Hordes Dairyman and has spoken to hundreds of farmers on the topic of farm management. He also holds the record for the shortest survey, uh, shortest term on the Amrod School Board. Truth, yeah. truth, yeah. yes. So, what's it like working with the to catch a predator guy, <laughs> Chris Hansen? Oh, uh, it's never a dull moment. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Never, never, never a dull moment. Yes, yes. Good. Got That's my good. camera skills going. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm the <laughs> when, guy that jumps out of the bush. When I was trying to decide how to write the intro bill, and I was saying it was going to be tens of farmers, but then I'm like, no, it's probably, you've spoke to hundreds, right? I like, would think so. Yeah. yeah. Is it thousands yet? You think? We're probably not going to. You're the getting door. there. We're getting cool. there. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a fun gig to be going around doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do a, a couple a year. And you had year. a really big last fall, a big biggest one you've had, right? Is yep, out in Reno. Out in Reno, yeah. Western Dairyman Conference or Western Dairy Conference. Do you yeah. get nervous going in front of like that a one bigger I did. crowd? That, yeah. that was that was a little daunting. I'm not gonna. Yeah, that, that was that was scary. That was my first one of more than you know. I feel like the setting is a bit when you're speaking to farmers and you're in like. You know, a pole shed. It's just so much easier to get in Correct. front of them and speak, and you just the atmosphere is different. And then at a conference, it's yeah, it's a very it is different, a yeah. different. It is a very different vibe. You know, people are in suits and shirts and ties, and you know, you got your little cordless mic. My biggest fear was that I was gonna, you know, I had the cordless mic and I was gonna forget that I had it and reenact the scene from uh, uh, the Naked Gun. <laughs> that I was genuinely, you gonna genu- the yes, I was going to go use the bathroom and leave my mic. I mean, I'm, I'm not as much as I laugh about it. I, no, I was really serious that I was going <laughs> to leave that mic on and walk off the stage and be like, "Well, that was a freaking disaster, man!" <laughs> and then realizing that I still had the mic on, like that, I was more worried about that or something, you know, than I was talking. I mean, once I got talking, well, it's fine. It is weird to, the, once you get up there and going. Are you just yeah, then you're just, go, you know yep. once the first two minutes are out, you're kind of yeah. like. Once you, when, once you hear a few chuckles, once you know that a joke lands or whatnot, yeah. like, okay, we can do yeah. this. It's this always is, a great feeling. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it, went, it, was, it was a real, it was, it still blows my mind to think that people want to hear me talk. It still is tough to get my mind around. Like, really? You want me to <laughs> talk and you're going to have people listen? Like, like people no are paying way. to go to people this conference like, wow. and then sit there and No way. I'm just this dude, like. I sell probiotics and inoculant for a living. Like, what? Why would anybody you're, care? You're checking to make sure, like, there's not a buffet line somewhere. That, oh, it's, it's just lunch. They're just, just having me talk over lunch, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Talking oh, over lunch is the worst. Yeah, that's, that's got to be the worst. Oh. I, yeah, I was yeah. at a conference last year. They did that, and it was like I felt so bad for those people. 
because they're trying to talk and people are just like not having it. Like, oh, you're gonna eat, I, leave, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't agree to do one of those. Yeah, that's yeah. You're just begging for nobody to be engaged and yeah, yeah. No, I, I enjoy the speaking thing. You know, the speaking thing came about kind of like the writing thing in that I really, I uh, just kind of felt like there was a void or a need for for my, for my topic as well as the fact that, you know, I'm wired like a 12-year-old boy and, you know, I still think fart jokes are funny and, you know, like, like, like sure. uh, you know, to, to be a little irreverent and to just not... I just didn't want to be another dude up there with a spreadsheet. No, if you'll all look at line seven, subset six, oh. you'll notice a grave difference in UNDF and local di- or in these diets. I, I, I just did not. I didn't want to be that guy. So. You, you just sit on one of the, like my least favorite thing at a technical speaking thing, whereas when they put a spreadsheet up and they say, "I know you can't see this, but, <laughs> but I'm still going to walk through this I'm entire still, thing." Yeah. Like, I know, I know you can't see. You know, the, part of my presentation is this display up here. But you can't see it. You can't but, see it. But, but let's, but let's go let's through it anyway. About yes. this weird, I, I acknowledge that I'm specific. terrible at presentations, and I will now continue my presentation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. That, it, it's, again, yeah, my speaking, some of those speaking gigs came out of seeing the need for, yeah, that people don't want to, people don't want to see that. People don't want to just go through the next spreadsheet of the new, whatever, whatever new feed management whatever it is they, they people don't want to sit through that i mean people want to people want to be people want to have a discussion people want to be talked with or talked to like we're talking here and, and not just reciting reciting numbers yeah right right so in, in addition to your hordes Darren articles you also wrote several articles for the fund life reporter prior to that didn't you, did you i you did yeah. i did back when i was a dairy manager uh we did a a uh uh, weekly, uh, kind of what's going on in the farm, and uh, yeah, tried to tried to pull the curtain back a little bit on on the fact that um, it was a very very large dairy um, in a I don't want to say a bedroom community, but you know it, it, it's not like that dairy was in the middle of Kansas with nobody around. I mean, yep. it was in Fond du Lac County uh, um, amongst suburbs and, and towns and cities, so it was. The definitely had some controversy surrounding it and some issues, and so that having the opportunity to write those articles was a great way to sort of put a I don't want to say put a face to the name of it because I don't have a very pretty face. I, I but, laugh when you say face because well, that was all your oh, articles. I remember that picture. The that picture used, they yeah. used in those articles was and it the like, creepy close up one. It was yeah. the super close up. Like, what yeah, is that? yeah. Where I never you, got that. I, right. It was just. And it, Can I take your picture? Like, like, <laughs> it, yeah. It was I, just like your whole face. And yes. It, and, I, yeah, I, yeah, I just so imagine like, the like, photographer like standing on your lap, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, kind of like zooming <laughs> it, like hold that. I almost got it. Yeah, I, I don't even know where that picture came from, nor why. I mean, you are a newspaper; you'd think you could take a decent picture or something. Uh, but yeah, I don't know where that. Yeah, always the creepy close-up. I, I yeah, always, always. So before we get too hot and heavy, yeah. we usually like to do a little small oh, yeah. talk. I, 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 I'm, I am the, I'm the, I, I consider myself the original Tilty. Okay, <laughs> that, that's, excellent. Yes, I'm loyal listener. Glad to have super fan with us. There you go. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this article, Todd, to, to put up. All right, it's, it's I got, got some good pictures. There's, there's not a lot going on in sports. We're in that kind of fun time in July where we just. Had the hot dog eating contest. We had, you know, the yeah, NASCAR race. Awesome. Yeah. Well, 
What I enjoyed America. most is him taking the uh, Star Wars themed protester out while eating hot dogs. <laughs> Did you see that video? Oh yes, yeah, that it was, was like one one arm just like nope. I, Still bound down on a hot dog. I think it was sixty some hot dogs, right? That, that sixty three. Yeah. That that he downed. Think of the the next guy close to him was like forty hot dogs. Like I, I just and his record other, the year before was like seventy three. Th- so, like, he in, didn't even like top himself. He's just like yeah, like, cruise control. <laughs> I think even if you're eating something like and you see the guys next to you like that much under, like how he still can down that much more than the competition. I mean, that'd be like if he's a marathon runner and he was beating him by like an hour or something. And if he was a Kenyan. Yeah. yeah. No, he'd be like, <laughs> it's, it's just, I know he's not an athlete, but it is unreal. And then to be able to choke somebody out while you're down in these dogs, like un- unbelievable. Yeah, it was cool. It was and, cool. and he was hobbled because what did they say? Like a, some, one of his leg, tendons or yeah. something. So he's on crutches. So, you know, he's not like shifting weight on his foot when he's knocking this guy off the stage. He's yeah. It was, it's impressive. So he, for a for a non non athlete athlete, I guess is I think the best way you could describe that was priceless. That was yeah. yeah, that 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 hit Snapchat and ever ever that hit every imaginable social media round in ten seconds. It was yeah, it was awesome. Took him down. But the the other big news is is Aaron Rodgers not only got a new tattoo, but he's got a new girlfriend, and she's a Smurf. Uh, an elf, I believe. Elf, actually. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow, I hadn't seen this picture. Scroll, yet. scroll down, Todd. There's there's some better pictures. So the tattoo. Ser- wait, 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 wait. Seriously? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't like an onion or bum or Babylon Bee. This no, is nope. This is serious. Yeah. So there, there's her elf costume. Um, so if, if you look up Blue of Earth, which is Aaron's new girlfriend, there she's a zebra, um, and then there's one of her in the fetal position for some reason. In a bed of flowers, so seems like pretty pretty stand up, you know, standard fair. He's gone from Danica Patrick to Shailene Woodley to a Smurf elf, whatever you want to call her. Interesting, a Smurfette. Yeah, I'm I'm generally not a man at a loss for words, but <laughs> damn, well, most guys get a Corvette when they're like crisis, <laughs> but you know. I, and the tattoo is something like you got the all-seeing eye kind of Illuminati thing going with um, lions and yeah, I'm not really even sure what to. What the heck? It's hard to unpack that tattoo. He didn't get it on his throwing arm, did he? This is his other arm. It's got I, I, it sure looks I don't like. know. I can't tell from. But like the you picture. wouldn't do that. Would you get it on your like moneymaker throwing click arm? Click on the arrow there. You know, like be. to get that tat on there. Yeah, it looks like it's, looks like it's the cover. Be left, yeah, looks like the cover art from a 1980s Genesis album or something. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> oh, what was the the really like? They tried to make a movie out of it just recently. It was terrible. Uh, Wrinkle in Time. Ah, like a. 70s trippy like sci-fi <laughs> that's a great that yes yeah 70s trippy sci-fi that's yes that encapsulates that tattoo right there <laughs> 70s trippy sci-fi yeah wow Mo- I, most I, people I, like this is his first tattoo it said i mean most people are getting that's you know, what i want on my body like, permanently I, for I, the rest I, of my no, life art, this is a very specific art you know most are getting right. like you know he went to cal to college maybe that or Maybe the Packer logo, something a little more simple, but yeah, to go to right to. Like, I respect him for not going for the tramp stamp, but uh, <laughs> other than that, don't know. Wow, the line, it's like it's like M. C. Escher meets the line, the witch in the wardrobe. Yes, yeah. C. S. Lewis meets M. C. Escher. There yeah, you there go. you go. There you go. I also like the little like 
as we're looking at this on the internet, the, the video of two bears like feeding on a whale carcass or whatever that was going on <laughs> a second ago. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, oh, I'm looking at a tattoo, and then in the bottom corner, I'm looking at two bears nice. like eating on a dead carcass of some kind. Hmm. So, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. To say, the least. to say the least. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not one to really get into the whole girlfriend jinx whatever stuff with f- football, but I just, it's sad that this is the best sports news we've got. Right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> it's tattoos and girlfriends. Yeah, as long as this makes them play football better or well still, I yeah. don't really care. And maybe they'll break up by the time minicamp starts. Who knows? I'm at a loss for words. I'm just saying. I, yeah. I'm just looking at the ta- both the tattoo and no, the, uh, his girlfriend dressed like an elf. Yeah, I, The I, guy I was talking to yesterday, he's like, oh, yeah, did you see Rogers doing girlfriend? I'm like, oh, uh, it's probably like some other celebrity or, you know, some... Like, oh, what do you do, a tennis pro now? Like, you know, we went from race cars to movies to what, whatever. Like, no, her name's Blue of Earth. I'm like, what? <laughs> blue, blue of Earth. And I don't think it's even B-L-U-E. I think it's just like B-L-U. It's 2022. Yeah. Is it just B-L-U? It's just B-L-U, yeah. yeah. So, Blue's Clues. <laughs> She just found a boyfriend. She just found a boyfriend. I don't know. Yes. That's her as well, huh? That's, wasn't yeah. there a character? There was a character in uh, um, the Hunger Games that they... That, uh, yeah, there's something similar. Uh, with, yeah. Um, Tigress? Tigress. Is that one? Oh, sure. Yeah. We'll go with it. We'll go with, yeah, Tigress from Hunger Games. Either that or they're, maybe they're doing a revival of Thundercats. <laughs> and she wants to play... Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, it was Lion-O and then we're going to go with that that definitely trumps Lion-O <laughs> from, from Hunger Games Thundercats uh, Thundercats oh Thundercats. yes so, yeah <laughs> alright well we appreciate you being here Bill we're, my we're pleasure happy to have you. I'm honored to be your first your first guest so I enjoyed the podcast from day one it's been, you guys have, are to be commended it's a uh, one, I, I drive four hours a day for work, so I am always looking for podcasts that don't make me want to blow my brains up. And this is one of them that I, I really enjoy. <laughs> that is I, the I, highest of we, compliments. We, <laughs> we need to get that on a shirt. Like yeah. is our uh, our biggest yes. review is yeah, it doesn't <laughs> make me want to blow my brains. <laughs> no, you guys do you guys do a great job with your podcast. Um, Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate. I, I enjoy how you're you're delivering information with a human side to it instead of. Um, instead of just making it about you, the people, instead of just instead of making it about what why you prefer Captain Crunch to Fruit Loops, you know, instead of that, and then oh yeah, some agronomy. You guys stick to agronomy, yet the, with the occasional sort of connection to real world with agronomy, if that makes sense. It's you've done a you've done a really good job finding that balance. Well, and I know you're a big woodworker. We talked about it before we were recording, and, and I appreciated the one time you told me that um, you have like one woodworking podcast, particularly that really liked, but that we kind of trump some of the other ones because you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because the the every other one of them is, you know, it's a 50 minute podcast, 45 minutes about my kid got third prize at the T-ball conference with, and then in five minutes at the end, oh yeah, I built something out of wood. Here's how to do a dovetail joint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm like, I 
don't really care that your kid was in it. I, I just, I want to learn how to do a dovetail joint. I want some information, <laughs> right. you know. I, I want to know what angle to sharpen my chisels. And Yeah. So there, there's probably 30 of those podcasts out there, and there's only one where it's just people write in. They say, how do I sharpen my chisel if I want to, you know, if I have a bevel up Stanley plane, how do I sharpen this? You know, and they answer the questions. And it's not about the individuals doing the podcast. It's about actually getting gleaning information about woodworking yeah. so i like and that's that's a lot the way that's how yours is that's why i enjoy yours i learn about agronomy helps me make sure i'm in the loop when i'm talking to my customers out in the field and, and it's so it's it's a great way of, for me to just stay on top of things um just just so i know i, I can have an intelligent conversation with the farms that i get to work with about agronomy and i get a lot of that information from your podcast awesome well we appreciate you being our yeah. our fan and our listener and and it's great to have you here. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, Todd's known you a little bit longer, but you know, the two of us we've known you for quite a quite a long time. So I, I know you kind of wanted to yeah talk I, about I, how we met. So. I, the the uh, I, I uh, can remember how I met you, Matt. In that Todd was my agronomist and plan writer. That that's the yep. right. And he shows up at my office and he's like, "This is Matt. He's my old friend from high school. He's going to help me this summer." Okay, so I just thought, well, this is some schlub that is going to go sweep bugs in hay fields and take soil samples. I'm like, okay, whatever. And, and uh, um, okay, well, and we got to know, you know, we'd shoot the breeze and whatnot when we were done, when you guys would be done scouting on, on, on your day. And we'd come and, and, but Todd would give me, you know, he would give me the rundown of what, we were, what he found that week and what the recommendation was. And, again, I just, well, that's this funny dude. And, well, he doesn't know anything. He's just, he's just some some guy that's just going through the motions of taking soil samples and whatever. He doesn't, he doesn't really know what, you know, and then, and then one week you sent him down alone, you were, you were gone and you sent Matt down with a scout, with a new scout. And I happened to catch you in the driveway or something. And I'm like, Hey man, I was going, I was like, Todd's not here. And, he, and you immediately were like, Todd's not here. Uh, he'll get you the report. I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. How did things look? And you're like, no oh, good. I'm like, no, really? Like, how did things look? And then you're like, well, well, field, 23 is in V3 stage, and we're going to have them put uh, uh, three ounces of Roundup and, and two ounces of, of, of Banville. And let's see, we went over on field 27, and the alfalfa there, uh, pre-bud, and I think you're going to want to cut in about a week. And I don't think we were at the threshold for bugs. And you gave me this whole litany. I'm like, oh, this guy actually <laughs> does, does know something. <laughs> He's not just a grunt. And I'm like, remember thinking, like, Todd, yeah. you, 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 you said this is just my buddy from high school. You Forgot well, to, I, that was, you forgot that was to say, very, oh, he's a computer whiz, he's really he, smart, he, and he has a computer background, and he wants to be, do, be an agronomist. Yeah, like, and he, know, <laughs> and he so, knows more than I do on most of these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I, I had, yeah, so I, I remember that where we were standing in the driveway that day, and I remember just, okay, all right, this is Let's, not, the, yeah, I, I had was not expecting that that day. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was expecting you to say the corn looks good, yeah. or like, there's some weeds over on that one farm. We, is what I was had expecting. Some scouts like that, yeah. Like, yep, it's good. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, like how like were there weeds? Good. Yeah, yeah. How, how many? How many weeds would you say? Like in a given area? Um, some. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're gonna have to teach you. But you're right. Like you, it's weird how you can really tell a, te- a good technician on your farm of when you ask them something and they can. Absolutely. Be very give you the nuts and bolts of it. What, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then I and then I remember I think the first time I met you, man, you were scouting how were you twelve years old? Oh, I looked twelve. Yes, yeah, you yes. looked ten. Yes, yeah, you looked, yeah, I yes. Will, yes, yes. And uh, I just remember a couple of those times you in the office. I mean, we're talking this was two thousand. Yep. Two thousand one. The the, the early, that was some of the early days where I knew that it was Bill and then there was two other guys that he worked with that I would go with Jeff and we'd meet with you guys and like that's how I knew like this is what I wanted to do. Like that that was just having real conversations and and it was you know we talked about technical stuff but even just about like life stuff that was like okay this is what makes farming fun is the people the you know the that we can farm and we work hard but there's a little bit of fun to it always in that part yeah that that's how and, and jeff jeff was very good at at making you know still things even the more monotonous things fun but there were certain farms where you just knew like yeah that that's how it was and yeah that one of the first times meeting with you bill I was like holy man this these guys are learning how to manage people probably at that point yet and learning you know at that point farms were really starting to scale to a different amount in the state of Wisconsin. They were, you know, we were going from stall barns to free stalls and it was just a big change, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, how do I say this? Most of those conversations would then delve into something highly inappropriate and something that shouldn't be repeated in the workplace or on a podcast, but it was just, you know, we're just five guys sitting around and talking. And I just remember, like, I wonder if that little kid is going to go <laughs> right, home and tell right. his parents <laughs> and about our conversation no, And I did. Like, I looked yeah. like 14 realistically. You're probably like, God, is, is Jeff hiring? Like, can this kid drive even? I had graduated at that point. But that, you had graduated I, yeah, at that that's point? When I had started with Jeff. Yeah, I was right after high you school. You were out of high school. I was just out of high school. Yeah, yeah. you looked very young yeah. at that. Well, I, I had braces. It was a lot of fun going to college with braces and I, looking 12. Yeah, yeah so you no, had a very, was, yeah. Years later, he and I went to a casino. We were probably like 23 or so. And uh, Todd wanted to play, I think it was blackjack. Yeah, like, and we're a bunch of our buddies. We were camping down in the Dells, so we went to some casino. I don't remember what casino it was that's down there. But um, so he went, goes over to the blackjack table. The rest of us are like playing slots, whatever. And very loudly, like what what turned into like what should have been a small conversation was like, "No, I need this guy carded." <laughs> <laughs> like, you just call him like, "Nope, it's my right." I don't. This guy, I don't. I, I want to see you know, somebody check his ID. So then, yeah, I taught him to wear like little bracelet. Like, yes, I'm over 21. <laughs> yeah, I can have beer. Yes, I'm old enough to gamble. And yeah, that kind of summed up the way Todd looked in his younger days. Yes. Of like, yeah, yeah. You probably did. Do you still get carded by beer? Like, like, what's odd now is I I never experienced 30s because I went from looking like I was 20 to looking like I'm over 40. So it was just a, a very interesting skip where. You know, you just hits you like I haven't been carded in the last you know two years. I, like it's yeah, no, I'm good now. So I'm, I've hit. And it's interesting the, you make that comment because really works for your that. your career. You kind of went from I, right, like you know, you at a very young age, you were running a business. You you, right. you 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 bought you guys bought the business and were charting your own path. And I mean, most twenty something people don't no, do I, that. I spent early of my career having to. Having to prove I knew more than my age would show. Yeah, and then all of a sudden a hit where it's just like, oh no, you're you're good. You know, you 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 look old enough now. <laughs> You've know. passed the yes. test. <laughs> you know, the the other part of getting to know you then was, 
um, when you were our plan writer, when we decided we were going to build this giant farm and were you 23? Yeah, right. I was young. I mean, Jeff wrote it and then I kind of was the, the, you know, would write. I think so. You were. I, well, the better way to say it, I wrote it and then Jeff, you know, Jeff reviewed it sure. and, he had, and he taught me how to do it. But yes, that was a... You were 23 years old. You was, were writing the most scrutinized, complicated nutrient management plan in the history of the state of Wisconsin at 23. Right. And, it, the, and as we've talked before, it was probably a good thing because you didn't... You weren't old enough to grasp what we were about to do and the scrutiny you'd face and the pressure we'd face. No, and I was and busy looking at the numbers and making like, sure oh yeah, hey, making the, sure that, okay, this this soil type... You know, yeah, to you, that's all it was. You know, it was like, following. Yep. Make sure the technical stuff yep. was right, and, and you had that, it, and you and, you were able to defend it, and right, and we, and then as you get older, you you do realize, like, man, this, you, you know, the how complicated some of these are, and and that, and I just thought they were all like that. I mean, realistically, yeah. I'm, I'm, I thought you didn't well, know what you didn't know, right? I'm like, oh yeah, this is what they look at. Okay, yeah, well, I can. So your I can, first major one out the of the gates, you were 23. Again, the most publicized. It was went through the anti-agriculture groups, went through that plan with a fine-tooth comb looking for something to stop us with. And you're just like, hey, I'm 23, do, yeah, do, do. and I don't know if it fa- – I mean, I was a little older than you, so I was wigging out a bit. You know, I, I was able to kind of grasp what was going on here. And, right. the, oh, look, the nightly news. You know, uh, that kind of – you know, like, oh, there's another reporter. Um, and I think it was, man, 23, and you were – it was amazing what you did at such a young age. But to you, I think it was just, well, eight, That's one plus you, one is right, two. And you make sure. This bedrock soil. But I mean, yeah. I also remember you, like, you know, this this is a bedrock soil in this county, but not in that county. So therefore, yeah. we're putting, we're making the map like this. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, yeah, it really went well and all, it went very, very well. It was quite the accomplishment. It, it's amazing how much easier life is when you start that way. When you start with the hard stuff and then get into because you're like, oh, I'm I'm doing way too much on this next one because it it's not as complicated or as, as complex. But like Todd said, you kind of when you start with those, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is just normal. This is what everyone has to do, and it's not by any means right. Uh, so yeah, it's always interesting kind of how that affects the way you treat things. When I started too with Todd. Um, you know, yours was done, but then there was another one. Uh, another yeah, big, you're kind big, of in the same boat where that was plan, your first yeah, one. Jumped into, yeah, this kind of big thing, and it was like, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be like. And then you start getting into other ones, and you're like, oh, no. No, that was that was way <laughs> different. But There's no protesters at the uh, DNR hearing at this other one. Yeah, nobody did, with yes. a bag of leaves uh, <laughs> or anything like that. So, yes. Bill, how did you get, because you didn't grow up on a dairy farm. No, nope, I did not you know, grow up so, on a dairy farm. No, I'm a city kid. What, so where um, did the where did the spark for wanting to be in uh, the dairy side of great question come from? Um, so I was raised um, in the city, single mom, not a very good situation. Just leave it at you know whatever. You can read into that as much as you want. Um, but uh, my generations and generations before me had always farmed. Okay, so I there's something genetic uh, is. Undoubtedly, the passion for agriculture, something about it is genetic. Anyhow, so um, I always loved it as a kid and, and whatnot. And then my mom always... What do you mean, how did you... Go ahead. When you say loved it, how did you even... You had a, um, I had a rel- great like, uncle that yeah, had I mean, a I had farm. I had relatives that had farm. My, my dad had a, had a hog farm up until the time I was like 
six years oh, six years old, yeah, I think, okay. something like so that. It was, so so it there, was, there was there was connections. Yes. And uh um and he considered himself a farmer. He was in seed research. You know, he he was he he was in um that he lived in another state, but nonetheless that was the connection the only kind of the only connection we had was we would always talk farming and um and then as soon as I was you know, I was thirteen I was working on the local stanchion barn farm, you know, throwing bales in the in the mow and milking cows and picking stones and I mean, just fell in love with it. There was no doubt. Like there was, there's just that's what I was going to do. There was just no doubt. Um, and it, it, you know, the other the other part of it, and I've said it publicly more than once, is that if I didn't have those phenomenal influences on me, if I didn't have those really good, solid families, those farm families, those good old fashioned Eastern Wisconsin dairy farm. You know, if if that wasn't my role model, if I had, it would have been very easy for me to have chosen a different role model and had my life turn out really bad. Yeah, way worse. Yeah, way worse. But I wanted to earn their respect. I wanted them to like me, and I admired where they were. I mean, they're just hardworking dudes, milking cows, putting food on the table, and building some farms. You know, they they were, and so that's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be like those guys, and those guys, those guys that that had me in that they, i don't think they have any idea i don't think they have any idea sure what what that you know what they saved me from so to speak i i don't think there's they have any any inkling of how how many of those life lessons that i learned from watching watching those guys just just bust their butts every day and milking cows and yeah, and what you're explaining to these aren't guys that sat you down and they ju- they just said you were just working on the farm. Oh yeah, this wasn't know, this like was listen, a, son. Yeah, you know, like they weren't taking life under is the, hard. Yeah, right. You know, no, it was never that. It which was, is which which is good. You know, that's, the best thing that they did for me was they they were like, well, here's this this kid. He ain't dumb, and he really loves this, and he wants to work, and he wants to learn. So here, let's just let's you know let's let him learn how to run this piece of equipment or let him how to learn how to deliver a calf and he wants to talk to the nutritionist and learn all this stuff heck let him do it let him, yeah. you know, let him do it and uh i was hungry and and you know yeah. just so that how was you, the, how did you even get to the farms at 14 uh fortunately the one i worked at was just outside of town so get you, on my you get bike. on my 10 speed bike yeah and go, go out there yeah, and nice and, those and, are uh, the best stories i feel like that's harder than you think too to like get out to yeah. to you know like if you're that age and just even yeah, to you, get you either there, have to have a parent you know, drop you off yep, or like, be close enough to bike or walk right. or yeah and 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 my mom was always very she 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 knew like this is a good thing for him oh, like, I he believe, needs to go yeah. he needs to do this and so she was always very you know very accommodating well, they, you know? I mean one you made some money mm-hmm. And two, probably even a bigger deal was you didn't have time then to screw around and get yeah. another trouble. Not you know, in, like, in as much trouble, I, right? But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, that's. I again, I, I I'm not going to get all mushy on you, but like, I don't want to think about where I would have ended up if if I didn't just have those really positive role models, those yeah. good male role models, and and uh, yeah, saved me. Quite frankly, you know, it saved me from. Probably a life that would have turned out a lot worse than than this. All right, tell a joke, Matt. That was, that oh, was a little sorry, dark. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I was just paying so much attention. <laughs> I was sorry. looking deep into your eyes, and I got lost. <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. Let me tell you. He's not afraid to admit that. I'm man enough to admit that I got lost in Bill's eyes. <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the main 
topic. I know you're a big Diet Dew guy. Um, this was something you've been, well, for as long as I've known you. It's my you vice. You drank, well, yeah, yes. Diet Mountain Dew. Other vices you've given up in the time we've known each other. Yes. But, but this one is hung on. <laughs> I've tried. Lord knows I've tried. Yes. So how many a day? What do you, what do you, would you estimate? trying to think if my wife is going to be listening i would <laughs> guess it's probably six or seven okay so it's down considerably so we're, we're we, doing better we work with a guy yeah uh, he drinks diet coke well we, oh it, yeah yeah well, I, I pre-asked tilth bill yeah so tilth bill yeah our, <laughs> um, our regular bill uh he drinks diet due to oh he's huge he's said three to four which a child's play, man. Well, and I always wondered, is that like when they ask you how many drinks of beer a month you drink, and then you're like, uh, what, what were, yeah, <laughs> how much do I tell them versus, yeah, so I was wondering that too, is like, is he, we'll uh, have to ask somebody else that works closely with Bill. Well, see, the, the other thing you have to ask is, is what, like, is it cans, <laughs> bottles, because 12 to 20 ounces, you know, three difference. to four 20 ounces, and three well, yeah, even you'll get a big buddy at, you know, Oof, quick bladder trip. Bladder buster? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 32 yeah. ounce well, urinator. You, you just <laughs> refill it. Yeah. You're, so that it's only yeah. one. You can only count that as one. Yeah, like, that's right. How many? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've drank the same Diet Dew all day. That's right. It's just one. Yeah. yeah. No, we work with another guy. Uh, shout out to Jim. Uh, he's a big Diet Coke guy. Okay. And he, he literally goes through, I would say, pretty close to a a case. Yeah, I don't remember what he said. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Wow. I it, think it's some... See, that's probably hard, too. It's like I some days, I'm numbers. sure, are like different than... Yeah. You know, like, it just all of a sudden you're drinking more dues, probably. Yeah. yeah. And, Jim, if I'm lying, I apologize, but I, I swear <laughs> you told me it was, like, close to that, so... And you also then proceeded to look at me and say, what's wrong with that? I don't... <laughs> I don't have a problem. You're not my mom. I can quit any time. <laughs> I can quit whenever I want to. What's interesting to me though is so what's your what's your go to if you can't get diet do? Like what what's your substitute? Just water? Water. Okay. Yeah. His substitute if he needs soda, needs caffeine, is to go from Diet Coke to Pepsi, not to regular Coke, which I don't understand that. I, yeah. That's two it's different oil and water. Right. It's yeah. like going from gas to diesel. Like what we <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. Not doesn't seem safe. I, Probably yeah. wreck some equipment. I don't, yeah, know. to say the least. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Get the sugar high going. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're, yeah, I assume you're a big milk drinker too, Bill. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Fair life milk, baby. Fair yeah, life milk. Oh, yes. that's not, I was going to say, is it like whole 2%, 1% skim? No, it's still. But it's, it's fair life. life. All, yeah. Like three of those a day at least. Really? Yeah. Those are. Like yep. The, the little court. Yep. Like the kind of tastes like a smoothie. You got it. Type of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those things. That's, we've discovered those a couple of years ago here. What is cool I've seen is in like bigger cities is there is a lot like you don't see milk kind of any I mean you see it but it's not but the the amount of I've always bothered by the amount of like refrigerator space that's we're losing yeah. in fluid milk but Fairlife is starting to get a pretty it stronghold just, of what a great thing for our industry it, yeah what that a, we what have a, a product hats off to those guys just yeah have you been to the the Fairlife facility in Indiana? Uh, I have not. I have not either. I, dr- I drove by it uh, this last winter on the way to a conference, and it, it intrigues me. I, I, I'm interested to see, because I always kind of sometimes laugh at the what's ag tourism, yeah. for especially yeah. when you get to a certain part of Wisconsin frequented by Chicago people, <clears throat> uh, that it's like, really, this is what we're going to represent agriculture as to the public is this? Okay. But I feel like they're a little more genuine yeah, in, in how is, they present yep. themselves, so, yeah. which I, I appreciate. I got to visit that farm uh, 
that was when they first built it. That was really okay. cool. That was back in the day when they were. It was they had the opposite philosophy of will impound your car if you come here. It was oh, yeah, it was yeah. a very different philosophy. <laughs> and uh, one of the owners of the group that I worked for knew one of the owners down there. And, yeah, come on down. So that was oh one, I think that we got to tour that. And that was fast. It was just oh, that was awesome. That was just the coolest thing that I had ever seen at that point in time. So, yeah, cool. yeah. But no, Fair Life is is a great thing for our industry. Um, it's trendy. It's cool and and capitalizing on people wanting to have more protein in their diet fitness and you won't find you won't find a better way to get protein in your diet at, with lower calories and fair life and, milk and low fat lower yeah. fat right yeah so yeah those things are awesome yeah, yeah. compare that to like almond milk or any of the nut what? milks and all that and it can't juice, even be nut, nut yes juice, i agree nut, yeah yeah it can't even be close i'm sure not even far, yeah i mean as far as the nutrition value 30 grams of protein and 150 calories i don't know where else you'll find that anywhere in any food group so it's a great great it's so good for you so yeah yeah to to milk and almond have you, have you seen what they because <laughs> you can you can do it yourself now at home you can make your own mm, almond milk almond. and basically you're like blending them and steeping them and that's lately what's bothering me is you see how many almonds are in a, you know it's like not even hardly a handful of almonds in the, a big really yeah and it's like really like at least orange juice you're getting I don't know. It's quite a few oranges in yeah. there usually. If you've ever looked at a can of orange juice because it said concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe. Cop- copyright uh, Bill. No, no, not Bill. Bill Ingvall. Oh. Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. Foxworthy. My bad. Yes. I don't know why Bill Ingvall's popped in my head. Maybe too many bills. Too many bills were talking about them, bills It's ironic that uh, my they favorite is always is if you mow your lawn and you find, your, and you find a car. <laughs> might, might be, yeah. Yeah. yeah come to my neighbors <laughs> yeah. isn't there one too where if you own more than one car but they're all on blocks <laughs> come to my neighbors <laughs> but, yeah speaking of that crew he got to meet one of the main guys at one of the which yeah. is just uh, oh Larry the cable, Larry Larry the cable, the cable guy, guy. Yeah. Yeah. which would just be have been like was it cool to meet yeah, him it was or was great. yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a genuine he just seems legitimate, yeah, he's which legitimate. all those guys seem genuinely funny, but like out of all of them, Larry, the cable guy was the only one that could, what are they, that blue collar comedy tour or whatever they call yep. it. Like you could just tell he was the one that could actually make those other guys, yeah. la- you know, like genuinely laugh. And uh, Yeah. He was a genuine, just funny guy and made everybody around him feel comfortable and just, we had fun that day. And did he ever was, break, like, did he speak in his normal voice or did he always speak in the Larry, the cable guy voice? Truth be told, when he was on camera, he would. It, 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 I never realized how it's two very distinct voices. Yeah, because like, I've seen an interview where he doesn't do his layer of the kit, and it's like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like he pulled into the. I remember I, whatever, I happened to be the person to greet him at, like, can you go when you see the van? And he came, and, you know, he did the Larry the Cable Guy voice, and get her done. And then, you know, within two minutes, it's like, well. What what's the schedule for today, fellas? I mean, it was you know what I mean. It was, yep, and yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to in any way impugn what he does. It's amazing that. I, but you're right. That is a good way he does it. Is that character? But he plays that character so well that it's yeah. sort of him, really. Right. You know, it was uh, that was the. I also remember that, and I can't repeat it word for word what he said on uh, your podcast. But I remember that. I think that was the day that Cars Two. The, the the box really? office so, numbers yeah, he, came out. He just... So he was looking at, he was throughout the day, he was reading critic review and he was reading the numbers. 
And uh, something to the other. Again, I can't repeat it word for word. He's something along the lines of, of, uh, of, uh, ah, I think I give an S what that critic says. That movie just made $50 million. What the, you know, <laughs> yeah. what the blank D blank do I care? He was just, you know, he was, yeah, he was. Just think of what the, that him as Mater in Cars did for his. I mean, like, yeah, I don't want to say that's his career because he's obviously that, sure put but, him on the map but, but it, but of, a, yeah. of a national yeah, scale, a different demographic. Yeah. About him, but yeah, yeah, he was just he didn't care what anybody thought about the movie. He was, you know, he, I should say he didn't care, but he didn't care what the critics thought. He yeah. wanted, you know, but he was just look how much money that movie made. It was right on, right on. So, yeah. All right, let's get into it. We want to. We had a specific topic we talked to you about yeah. uh, getting into, and so let's let's do that. So let's get into the four pieces of bad management advice. So um, when I went from being an on-farm manager to then going into the supportive in, um, role slash sales role and being on a bunch of dairies, it became really obvious to me early on that the problems with employees that I was witnessing on these farms I was visiting were the exact same ones that I had went through 15 years prior, 10 years prior. Um, really, it really, really made an impact. Like I, in other words, uh, you come into a, uh, you go to talk to a, a guy about inoculant or answer a question about a feed pad and he starts, you know, a litany of, of just venting about how mad he is at his feeder, fill in the blank. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I remember that. I remember having that same situation with that same diva employee at XY Dairy, you know, back when. You know, it, it sounds like you got the same guy. It just has a different name, you know, and this happened over and over again. And I remember thinking, man, you know, it's been 20 years, but we still don't have a good, we still don't have a good training mechanism. We don't have a good support system of training people on dairies to how to deal with people and how to dance. I mean, look at, look at, I can I could ask you guys just about any agronomic question there is, like anything. Um, we are, we're in eastern Wisconsin. We have the best nutritionists on the planet are right here in eastern Wisconsin. But you can have the perfect forage. You guys can you guys can coach us to how to make the grow the per, most perfect corn silage, and then you can take the best nutritionist on the planet to make the best diet. But if your feeder isn't following procedure and isn't mixing it right, it's all it's all for naught. And so I just felt like there's a, such a specific gap in, in the support outside role of coaching and teaching employee management to people on dairies. Do, do you think, Bill, with most of these being family farms, it also changes the... you got that dynamic, too. It's like it's a business and a family Absolutely. all jammed together. Oh, my gosh, yes. So, so, so it's you, just... Right. The, you have the, all the family dynamics. Which can be great for the business. And it can it be can bad. Be bad. Yeah. It's, it can be bad. Yeah. You know, and I just think that's the, you know, when we do this, we, we worry so much about the technical side of teaching farmers mm-hmm. about all that part. And it's good. We need that. But you get to the part of, like, how to run a business. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, just figure it out. Just do it how your dad did it. You know, he yeah. ran it. Like, do it how he did Well, it's a way different business to run today than what dad had to run you know, the amount of employees are different. Absolutely. The amount, like, everything's different. And I agree with you is there is a huge, you know, void in there for farming that we got to learn more how, you know, what the right way to to manage these are. And there's a lot of farms doing it really well, but mm-hmm. they still would have stuff to learn, too. And so, so the, and the other, to, to compound that, I think 
what it, it also became apparent that the advice that we were given wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. You know, um, you know, uh, we keep bringing in corporate level coaches to, to, to come in and, uh, uh, coach management teams. And like, this isn't Anderson consulting, right? This is XYZ dairy. Um, You're right. Our employees don't speak the same language. They're from a very different socioeconomic area than what that co- what that corporate coach is used to interacting with. Um, this is a 24-hour-a-day, 365 machine that encompasses all these very, very complicated physiological things going on at once. It's almost completely irrelevant to have somebody from outside the dairy industry try to coach. What, what specifically advice did you hear that you're like, well, that... Yeah. So that's that's how the whole that's how kind of the whole thing got spawned of me giving this talk, and it came down to these four pieces of bad advice. Um, so you're saying Jordan Belfort shouldn't come to a dairy, yeah, and it sell is, me this pen? Exactly. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. You are absolutely right that that those classic one of the on the agronomy side, one of them, and it was to a co-op. It wasn't to us, but they had said you know they had a corporate person come in and say, you know, you should these trucks you have are they're really dirty and disgusting looking. How could you show up on a farm, you know, mm-hmm. on a professional business with a truck that's full of mud? Like you should be washing your truck at once a day and having it look pristine so that when you show up on that farm, they, they look at you like you're, you know, and I, I looked at it and went, yeah, but then they're going to look at me and say, well, did you even drive down a field lane or do anything? You know, exactly. Like, like did you, did you do truck? any work today? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it was just like, that that you think that would help our business is like no that's not, not it would be gonna, probably detrimental I, right right not only so that's where I struggled too is not only was it like bad advice it was even somewhat the opposite yeah. advice to what you really even need you know so I agree with you that some of that corporate stuff coming to our side it's is counterproductive not right yeah so so the first piece of bad advice people give is um, well treat people the way you want to be treated and I think that's wrong. You don't treat people the way you want to be treated. You treat people how they want to be treated. And it okay. sounds very simplistic, right? It sounds almost, you know, very... Well, mi- but but I'm, I'm a bit confused because, I mean, you're talking almost golden rule stuff here. Is I'm, it, I'm, saying, is, I'm saying the opposite. We, we yeah. need to do the opposite of the golden rule. Okay. You're, you're, you're thinking of do unto others. Yeah, true. Yeah, more, no, it, more or less. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. But, but when it comes to managing employees, I, uh, I want to be coached, rewarded, encouraged, appreciated differently than what you do. We're at different stages of our career. I mean, if this isn't well, the right example he, he, because we're kind of, we all are on kind of in the same world, but, um, you know, the, the, it, it, so, so you're a second generation, 45 year old dairy owner in Eastern Wisconsin. If you, what encourages you, what motivates you, what makes you happy is altogether differently than the guy milking cows on night shift who doesn't speak a word of English. He's from essentially a third world country and just wants to make some money and, and, and survive. So going in the parlor and showing him the fact that somatic cell count went up and it's going to cost cost the farm an extra $30,000 this month. What the heck? Like that, that, that doesn't, that does has zero motivating, you know, zero that, that the guy milking cows, he just wants to know that, Hey, I'm being appreciated. This is a, 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 I'm not going to get screamed at. Things are going to get fixed when I want them to. And yeah, and we, but that's what we do. We, we treat people 
when I was in sales the first time, I sold John Deere tractors for four years, and everybody who's ever heard my talk has heard me tell the story. I was the first three months, I was terrible. I was the worst salesman. I'm like, I am. I got a new baby at home. I'm going to starve to death. I made a terrible career mistake. I don't know what I'm doing out here. And three months in, a guy asked me for a quote on a new tractor. And I'm like, that was a victory in itself. I would just have really? somebody say, wanted a quote. I was just right. going to say, it's like three months in, like you yeah, would have thought I'm, that would have been, you know. Yeah, I, you, I, yes. I, me too. <laughs> right. Me too. Yes. <laughs> like, I had sold a lawn. I think I sold a lawnmower in my second month. Or so. It was awful. I didn't get it. And I was all excited. So I went home and, and I made up all these spreadsheets to show him as to why the John Deere was superior to the case. The fuel efficiency, the lease terms, the depreciation tables. So I show back up the next day with, here's my price and here's the spreadsheets. And he looks at it like, <laughs> you, you know, I'm like, see, look, look at that. Look at how, how much better the depreciation is. This is, this is way cheaper to own than the case. Okay, and he, whatever. And, the, and then I called him the next day. Well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I, I bought the case. Like, what'd you buy the case for? I thought I showed <laughs> I you. And he's it. like, well, you can get a leather seat in the case. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Like, and, and so he's like, yeah. I said, you can get a leather seat in the deer. He's like, you never told, told me. You never asked me. <laughs> so the, the, the crux of it was the fact that I was trying to sell Bill Eberly. A tractor. Yep, you're yep. trying to sell yourself. I was trying to sell. This is what how I would look at it. Right, right, right. Yep. If somebody was selling me, I would want the numbers right. and know leather like, seat, schmeather seat. Now, the furthest thing from my mind. I don't care. I want it. I want to know the nerd numbers behind this before I make this investment in this tractor. And so but, it was. It was the aha moment. But but you're right. And Joe Farmer's sitting in that seat all day, all the time, and. Yep. If he doesn't like that yep. seat, the whole tractor might as well be junked in. Probably so had several million dollars of, of wealth that he had built over his <laughs> lifetime. Didn't care. He, he wanted to be comfortable. He just wanted to be comfortable. Yeah. That was more important and, and, than... And the, he wanted to claim a loss on his taxes. So <laughs> he wanted the worst <laughs> yes. appreciation. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, I mean, that was the aha moment. And, and, I, and I've learned over the years, like, so much of managing employees is like selling. And that you have to, you have to, you have to answer the need of your customer or just replace that with employee. So you have to, you know, ask lots of questions and get inside their head and understand what motivates them. And chances are, it's altogether different than, than you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I see that. Like, don't these guys understand? Like, does somatic cell count is going to cost us forty grand this month? Like, no, they don't, they don't, and they don't care, and they're not wrong for not caring. Right. That's, yeah. And, and so, you know what they care about? Getting paid on time. Getting getting. Being appreciated. Somebody knows. Somebody somebody looks in that parlor and says, you know what? That's a, that's, that's a long day. Yeah. It's a long day. You're, the gate doesn't work today? Let me go fix that for you. Because, man, I really appreciate you being here. You know, that, that sort of thing. And, and, oh, you need to have off on Thursday early to go to the doctors? You know what? We'll work with that. That's, that, that's sort of appreciated. Well, and, and, that, that's not, and, again, that's not what everybody wants. I'm just throwing it out as an example of... Yep. If you don't know what your employees, if you don't get to know those guys. and Right. You have to, you're bringing up a great point. You have to get to know them and find out what motivates yeah. them, not assume you know what motivates Bingo. them. Bingo. Yeah. Exactly. I, I like the way you sum it up. The treat people the way they want to be treated. Yeah. So it's a simple kind of that one change of term yep. instead of. Instead of how you, you want to be, be treated. To, to yeah. the way they want it to be treated. I think that is a good, because you, you know how you want to be treated, but when you start going outside yourself and thinking how they would want it, you'd say, okay, it'd be similar to me, but, but yeah, it'd be also altogether way different, you know, it'd be way yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's, 
you know, you know what motivates you, but how many times in our lives do we, and certain people are probably different than others, express how we're motivated to other people? You know, if you're expecting your employee to come in and tell you, hey, I want you to pat me on the back, <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Right. 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 Yeah. It's, it's, you got to get to know those guys. Yep. Yeah. So the second piece of bad advice, um, second piece of bad advice of we need to teach the how and why of every task to every employee. Okay. This one has gotten, uh, uh, I've ruffled a few feathers. People have come up to me after giving this talk and said, no, 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 you're, you're wrong. You have to teach the how and the why. Um, what I, I, I've had to be very, uh, I've had to kind of clear up my, my thoughts. My, my, it goes back to the first one. Um, when things are going, not every employee wants to know the how and the why. Guy milking cow, we'll go back to that guy milking cows on night shift. His, he probably doesn't care about the physiology of milk letdown and how oxytocin works. Again, he doesn't care. And that's okay. I care, right? I'm the dairy manager. I care. I need to know, I need to understand these sort of uh, sciencey things. Gonna make, I'm going to design my systems better. I'm going to operate my parlor differently based on this. But, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the, the entry-level employee who is just trying to survive, he's just trying to get through a shift because he's got X, Y, and Z thing happening in his life. He doesn't need to know that stuff. And he just needs to know, I'm appreciated. I'm loved. I'm safe here. These are good people is exponentially more important to him than understanding the physiology of milk letdown or the feeder probably doesn't really need to know the difference between UNDF and NDFD 30. Um, and the reason that I bring it up is it, it sounds silly, but I often see it in that when things aren't going right on a farm, human nature, it's a lot easier to bring somebody in and say, Hey, watch this video on milk letdown. That's easy. That, that doesn't, that's easy. That's what's a lot harder to do is to bring them into the office and sit down and have a heart to heart. That's awkward. That's uncomfortable. We got to get outside the comfort zone and have these kind of deeper emotional discussions with some of our employees. And what I see happen on farms, and I think I was guilty of it as well, is that, well, the reason the cell count's going up is because these guys don't understand milk letdown. And, and they'll follow the procedure if they understand. That. No, no, they're, they're not following the milking procedure because they're, they're mad about something. Their car broke down the way in, and right. this is the problem. Yeah. Because there's a conflict between night shift and day shift yeah. over who's supposed to fill the teacups at the end of the shift. You know, that's a, so I, I see I see dairy managers, myself included, like of having that's nobody wants to have that conversation. Right. Nobody wants to get night shift and day shift together and settle who's going to fix the teacups <laughs> and what. You know, right. The more social issue than a business issue. Right. Right. It's a whole lot more comfortable to be like, "Come on in, guys. We're going to watch a video on milk letdown." Like. Really? Um, but, you know, I still hear that. Teach the how and the why. Teaching the how. We know it now. I'll, I'll phrase this. You've got that young gun that's hungry who's like, how does this thing work? Oh, yeah, we, we teach him. We teach him, you know, that when, some, when somebody's genuinely curious about this, that might be your future rock star right there. We're going to take the time and teach him as much as he wants about the physiology or the, the mechanics or the science of what he's doing. Um, but to teach everybody, I carte blanche, it's you're you're much better instead of paying these guys to sit in a room to watch a video on and I keep coming back to that I, but it's just my it's sort of my canned example 
I was I, it, somebody came up to me after a speech and said our our somatic cell count went down drastically and our employee retention went down when we taught the how and the why. We brought everybody in and had some pizzas and we watched some videos and I'm like whoa 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 no like do you think do you <laughs> I, think your employee retention would have been any different if you would brought them in had pizza and we watched Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Like it I, might even be better. It might even be better. <laughs> right. Like, like I think your guys improved because they felt appreciated. Like, wow, this is pretty cool. We get free pizza on work time. They think enough of us. They appreciate us enough to to give us a free hour of. I, th- that's a good point of it too. Of like, we're appreciated enough that they think we should know this. That's a value. Yeah, that's a value. Yeah, but you're right. Is there's much other ways to be appreciated to all of them as well. I mean, we've all been there where you're in school and you got to learn something and you just know I don't want to be there yeah. watching this. And if that's the vibe, it's going, wow, that would, I would think that would be a very tough, yeah, meeting to be in and, yeah. and through and, yeah. So, so that's, that's usually the most controversial of my four sort of uh, bad pieces of advice people have been given. I, the more you explain it, I did like, because when you first said it, I'm like, well, no, you want to teach that. But being the nuance of, yes, you want to teach the hungry people and the people that want to learn, teach them. Yeah. The other people just, yeah, throw a pizza party and yeah. call her good. And, and there's nothing, you know, in your, in your business, you have seasonal employees, I'm assuming. I, and you have some, you're like, some that are hungry. And oh, man, someday I want to, want to be an agronomist. And you're going to, I'm assuming you take the time out and you really, you talk. Physio- and you have the other people who are saying, I need to make some money this summer. I'm going to be a crop scout. And at the end, I'm going to go... Be a band teacher, I, how, whatever. As a dairy manager, this is, a, is like, as when we manage people, it is so easy to see that it's unbelievable. Yeah, the people that ask the right questions, the pe- you, you, within the first days sure. with them, you 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 know who's here just to work, and that's fine. Yeah, and who's here to to get is, as a dairy manager? Is that the same where you can really tell? I don't think right it's away? quite as obvious because of the language and the culture barrier. Yeah, um, and some of the sort of cultural nuances, whatnot. Um, but it's there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, but, but I think that some of it gets masked. You might have that up-and-comer who's young and hungry who's, who doesn't speak English as well as he might just be afraid. He might, he might be your, right. your superstar someday, but, but he, culturally he's afraid to go up to the big boss and say, yeah. how does that vacuum pump work? Yeah. Yeah, he's afraid of making waves. Or, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think we, but I'm glad to hear you say that's all right when you say we have some guys that work here and they're just, trying to make a living like, or just, just making some money to go back to college. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, like we, we, we need to appreciate them as much as like, that's the harder person to motivate than right. the guy who's here Who because he's seeing this. I, I, the guy who's here saying, I want to impress the tilth group because someday I want to be an agronomist. You don't have to motivate him nearly as much as the person who's like, well, oh, if they fire me, I'll just go work somewhere yeah. else. Do, do you think some of that has to do with, cause you, you talked about your background about, you know, being, I'm going to call it farm adjacent. Mm-hmm. You know, you you knew about it. You you worked on one, but you didn't grow up on one. I'm kind of in that same boat. I both my parents grew up on farms, but neither one of them chose to farm. I worked at my uncle's down the road, who ran the family farm on my mom's side. But do you think sometimes it's harder for these farm managers who've been in agriculture their whole life to recognize that because they've never had to see? They've never been in that side of like I've never known having to find a job just to get money because I've yes. worked on the farm. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. I, and I, that's what I, I think of too when we're talking about this is like recognizing the, di- the cultural difference even from that perspective of like 
yeah, you've always just worked on the farm. That's what you've done. Not, I've never had to go out and mm-hmm. find that job yeah. that I had to survive. Or, and and yeah. you're as spot on. You're sp- as, as well as the disconnect of, if this farm fails, they're going to take away my house. Right. Okay. Yep. This is my. This was my great grandfather's well, farm. Take away the house that was my great. Yes. Gra- right. Take away the. Yeah. The the legacy there. So you're letting down not even just your own family. You're letting down generation. You know. The, yeah. Like you say. So yeah. That is. So <laughs> and then and then you, you're then that person now has to deal with an employee. I shouldn't say that's not the wrong choice of words. Now as we're getting now that we have 15 employees or 20 employees, a bunch of those are there. To make money, yeah, they're not there to carry on the legacy of the family business. They're not there to build wealth for the owner. They're there so they can feed so their they, kids. They can, yeah, and so I, I also see that. Like, don't these guys get it? Don't they care? This is my grandfather. No, they don't care, and nor should they. I mean, they, I'm sure they respect it, obviously, just like anybody would. But when they get up in the morning, their their motivation to put on their boots and come to work isn't for you to carry on the legacy of your farm, it's for them to make money to feed their kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so that's, there's that disconnect going back to your statement. You know, a lot of the guys have never had a job off the farm or, you know, so that's all they have is I'm running the family business, massive amounts of pressure, you know, financial burdens, the complexity of the, everything that goes with it. And now you're dealing I keep saying dealing with it. it makes it sound like it's bad, but and and now you're you're interacting with people who have just totally different set of motivation than you do, and to think that that's bad that somebody's like I'm just I mean I don't work at Christian Hansen to make the shareholders of Christian Hansen wealthier. I work at Christian Hansen because I love getting up in the morning and doing it, and I want to stay there and I want to f- put food on the table for my family. That's why I work at Christian Hansen, and I'm the biggest. Advocate, there is, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, and yet, I don't look at the share price of what Christian Hansen is. I, I'm motivated by the fact that I get up tomorrow morning and I get to get in my new truck and go to the Chinese buffet and meet with cool farmers. I mean, that's, I got life by the tail. That, that's what motivates me is getting, getting to come back again next year and do that again. It's not the share price of Christian Hansen. Is that is that hopefully that if I'm summing up my thoughts? But yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it's, it's it's a disconnect that works both ways. You know, you don't you don't understand each other because of the differing backgrounds, and so we have to find a way to bring that together. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's good advice. Um, let's see which ones did uh, the other one. Uh, what was the other one? Anybody can be a manager. That's laughable, um, but it's all too often, myself included. I keep coming back to the because when I sound like I'm being somewhat preachy, it's all based on sort of my past failures, right? I'm. I, I think those are the best speakers to go to is the ones that like, yeah. I, I mean, like a Dave Ramsey that yeah. You and I let both like be like he was bankrupt. He was bankrupt. Like he had no money, and then he's <laughs> like, okay, like this is how. And and there's times now where he feels preachy, but no, you you live this. I, like you you've been there where. You know, they say, well, yeah, explain this some more. So basically so, you're saying that I'm saying just in, because you, you sh- there's something more to a person than just saying, hey, they'll be a good manager? Or, or yeah. What do you, yeah. So managing people and leading people is a skill. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, having the technical nuance to make a podcast is a skill, right? If you said, here, Bill, 
you're going to be the engine. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Here, here's a board. Run it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have no idea. Uh, nor, nor is that something that I'm, I don't really want to learn that, yeah. right? I don't really want to. That's not, I'm not a tech guy. It's kind of scary to me. I'm old. I am gray hair and I'm balding and like, no, it's really not for me. I, I don't want to run the podcast. I'll come and talk because that's well, my comfort zone. But what we often do, and this one is probably, I'm sure if you went up the road to Quick Trip, they would, they would share the same thing, and that is we take the person who's best at the task and we, may, we put them in charge. Well, that person's really good at stocking shelves night shift at Quick Trip. They're going to be the new leader. The, the manager of the... And, and, and we, there's this huge disconnect. Like, no, he's just really good at stocking shelves. He's a task-oriented person. You give him his list of things to put on the shelf, and he does it, and that's what... That's what he's good at and then all of a sudden you make him the crew leader and it's a train wreck it's a disaster because he doesn't know how to lead even if no matter how we teach him it's like me making this podcast i don't want to learn how to make a podcast you could probably i'm sure you could teach me but i don't really i'm not gonna i don't want to do it and to stay with managing like we take i remember taking our best feeder man this guy knows how to do the software he knows how to do the maintenance on the machines he's really good at and (sighs) It, it was a disaster. So, so that person was made into that the we manager made that person of all the, the, the feed, feed manager, right? Yeah, and it was a disaster because he had no idea how to how to manage people. Or, or the way it sounds, nor did he want to manage those people. He just well, unfortunately, I'll cut yeah. you. I'll stop you there. Unfortunately, he Some, did. Okay, yeah. but he still didn't obviously right. have. He did this, because he he associated with power and well. And, that, and, what I was going to say is one struggle in any business is you want to. You want to promote the people that are the best at that task to have the other people see that and say, "This could be you." Yeah, like, yes. hey, look, you're really good feeder. Like now you'll get to manage all these feeders. But you're right if if you're not promoting the right people yeah. that but can actually there, do the the next step up. There are hammers and there are nails. <laughs> hammers drive nails, but you wouldn't want to use a hammer as a nail. You get there the, you go. Do yeah. you get the That's reference the there? Yeah. Like your, your nails, you need those base people who are very good at tasks mm-hmm. to hold up everything that's happening. But the people that are motivating, that are driving, that are the hammer, isn't the same qualification as a nail. So I, I looking back at that, I sort of missed the, his, I missed that person's nuances. I, I, I didn't pick, I, I failed to pick up on his interactions with other people before we made him the lead. Like looking back, I'm like, I was, that was a terrible decision on my part to make him the lead feeder because he was good at it, looking like, that's right. Remember, he had that conflict with that guy, and the guys in the barn didn't like him, and he wasn't a coach. He was, he was, ah, he was a, he was a cranky, you know, like he was a, he, he, yeah, he sought power. That was the wrong, and like looking back at it, I didn't pick up on, I didn't choose to see those nuances that eventually led to his, the failure of him and a nightmare from, you know, I'm just, Ugh, yeah, for you, then it's worse. Nightmare. Yeah. Um, once, once you put the wrong, because not only do you have to somehow, yeah, I mean, it just wrecks your culture. Well, just, then you just took your best feeder. Yeah, I took my, exactly. And, you gotta fire, you <laughs> and, know, and he's so, gone. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So that's the other bad part yeah. is like, right, you, you promote the wrong people, or however, yeah. and, and now all of a sudden you just lost somebody that was really good at what they were doing. Right. And you got nobody to manage. You got, yeah. So, yeah, I could see that. And I, and I see that on, I see that, um, I see that often in milking parlors. Like that guy's, you know, we just made him the parlor leader today. You should see he, whenever they milk, they always get done on time when he's on that shift. Well, 
Is that because he's a coach and encouraging everybody? Or is it just because he works really hard and he's a good milking technician? You know, so I, but I also, I mean, I see it in every industry. I mean, I see right. it in my yeah. brother's, my brother is a computer engineer whiz in California and he talks about that. Like you take the nerdiest nerds and you make him the head nerd and he doesn't know how to manage other nerds. And it's the same train wreck that I had 20 years ago with this feeder, you know, that, and, it, and I would venture to guess the people listen, the, 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 the managers listening to the podcast right now are like shaking, they're yeah, all shaking yeah. their head. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I remember this guy and that guy. Yeah. It's true. All the same people, all the same bad employees and the same problem, child, children. It's all the same guy. They just have different names and look different. If that, <laughs> if that makes sense, it's, it's uh, yeah, he's Joe at one place and he's Bob at another place and here he's 40 and here he's 60, but it's like, it's the same person. Everybody, you know, the cantankerous, shop guy mechanic who's really good at fixing everything but screams at everybody all day i, I think every farm has to, it's like I, state law I, it's, it must be written in the kfo yeah, you're required to required yeah it's in the kfo i'm laughing because it probably is literally sometimes the same person that hopped from farm to farm you know yeah he got hey this guy used to be really good at that farm yeah, yeah well, come, we'll bring oh, this farm. Are, and then, yeah, yeah. oh no oh okay and, and the next thing you know all your employees are baylor twining everything together because they're terrified to go to the shop and say hey bob Hey, can you check this? Can you fix this? Because he screams at everybody every time he, they go there. So, yeah, I think that might be in NR 151. Like, every <laughs> KFO has to have this cranky mechanic somewhere on the farm. Like, it's every, yeah, yeah. And what was the, the I think. The last one was pro calls, having pro calls. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is the other one that gets me in trouble. So, um, remember when you had said earlier, we were coming out of 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we were coming out of stanchion barns like this one right out the window here. Yep. We'd plop up a freestall barn and we'd hire two people to milk our cows and we would write the protocol on how to, how to set up the milk house. That's always my example. This is how we set up the milk house for milking. Take this hose, put it there, yep. flip this to the milk for oh, wash. We, yeah, we did that in the... In the AD cow stanchion barn, you had to do that as well, but it yep. was a little different, you know. But you you were taught of this is the procedure. Yep. And how, yeah. You and we we learned to systemize work. Yeah. We learned to so we got a little bit bigger. Now we're now we have employees uh, feeding cows. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. This is run the mixer this long, and you know, yep. had this all, and that was all well and good because we still had the five family members or four family members and our five employees. It was very easy to. We were only making protocols out of simple tasks, simpler tasks, and they were working side by side with one of the dairy owners every day. And oh, you didn't? Nope. You got to put that hose on there instead, Matt. It's it's you know it was somebody was always watching to make sure it was a, it was you're working side by side. This was a much smaller. Now we have these. Now we have these giant, complicated enterprises, and we have a bunch of middle managers in the way, and we're asking employees to do much more complicated tasks, delivering calves, bedding cows, bedding calves, doing maintenance. They're, they're more complicated well, tasks than milking in the sense of milking is always the same, right? I would say they're complicated too is you don't know what looks good. You know, like bedding, it's like if I bed a cow and I might say, well, Jesus, you should have used three more bales. That seems, and then the next guy is like, looks like the, the county fair and it's like a, yeah, the you cows know, are three feet above the, yeah the there's gutter. so much like, bedding and you're going like well what that so you that's a great uh, i'm gonna probably gonna steal that, steal that one. you should i'm gonna steal that but, one but yeah so, how do you write a protocol to bed the maternity uh, pen right no i you're, you're so but we try lord knows we try in our business put two buckets of shavings 
equidistant from the post, and then bring four bales of straw and shake each straw in a circumference of one foot. And and so... Put your left foot in. Put yeah, your right foot in. <laughs> yeah, so, and I see these, and, and so what... But, but that's what we were taught. You got, it's got to be a protocol, because the manager would come in there and be dirty and be like, I'm going to have to write a protocol for how to bed the maternity. And then he comes in there, and, it's, and the next day, it's your, it's your example of, it's the county fair, and there's swimming in straw. Um, and so, well, I, gotta, I guess I got to adjust that protocol, you know. Um, and so my, my, my bigger pitch or my bigger uh, advice is we need to replace most of our protocols with standards and rules. Standards and rules. So the standard is the maternity pen will stay dry. Cows will calve in a dry environment. And I'm going to be coaching and observing and talking every day so that we're all on the same page of what dry means. And then we have rules. To bed the pen, we are going to use a skid steer. And after 11 a.m., there will always be a skid steer by door six. And there will always be straw in the commodity shed in bay seven. That's the rule. So, so the, the, the shop team has to follow the rule of making sure there's a skid steer outside. And the feed team has to make sure there's bales in pen seven. And the guy who's supervising the maternity, he has to abide by the standard of this will stay dry. And so... That's a lot simpler way of trying to manage that protocol because this is what happens when you get these ultra, ultra complicated protocols. Back to my sort of silly example of I'll take four scoops of shavings and three bales. If the guy says, you know what, today I think I only need three. Well, he just broke the protocol. Right. And if you walk by and you don't say, hey, you're supposed to use, if nobody catches it, we've just now made it acceptable to break protocol. Break protocol. Yeah. So what other protocols is okay? Is it okay to not follow the milking protocol? Is it not okay that we have our treated cows stay in a pen? Like what other protocols? So we get so lost in these. Well, well and then, too, I, I get where you're going, Bill, is you just got this over time of then the guy, you know, trains the next guy and says, well, yeah, it's his four bales of protocol. But, you know, most time it's just three and you know, it, it almost then gets this loose culture of like these are these loose rules, but nobody follows them exactly. At all. You know that that then then you go well. Whereas what you're proposing is more of like here's our goals. Yep. As long as you achieve these, think for yourself. Yeah. You know today here's today, some rules to follow. To, we got to play in the rules. Yeah. Yep. T- today it did rain, and it's probably gonna you know or it's yep. humid today. So yeah, we're gonna need yep. more bales today. We had and Fifteen cows calved today. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we that, didn't have any tomorrow, so we didn't have. To, you know, yes. Exactly. And you know what? And I'm a good manager, so every day I'm going to walk. I'm going to be. I'm going to walk through the farm on my daily routine. I'm going to stop in maternity. We're going to have a chat. I'm not going to. And and the the chat is going to be about five things about life. Then we're going to talk about a few things about maternity, and then we're going to end it with some more things about life. And so within that time frame, somewhere in there, I'm like, hey man, looks really good in here. Wow, the pen looks really good. You know, you know that constant. Sure. So then they know what you know. You're you're rule that you set was it always needs to be dry mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to i mean that one i guess is pretty specific you know if it's wet or mm-hmm. not but still there'd be a little bit of leeway where sure the employee wouldn't know yep what's dry to you and what's dry to me but obviously then there'd be feedback for them to know well okay, okay. that was yeah. that's what it's got to look like then do, do i dare say that being a manager requires sometimes a different look at how you work like what you're saying is you need supervision. You need the manager to go through and kind of 
you know, check off the box of like, okay, you did your job mm-hmm. and, and provide the feedback. Whereas I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm, I'm moving up. I'm a manager. Like that means less work for me. I just You're sit spot in my, on. I just sit in my I office. Sit in my and office I, and I do, on the manager. Do, you see, it's right here on my shirt. Right. It says manager right here. It's on my door too. Yeah. No, you are spot on. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. That's the stuff that, that, yeah, those daily walks are ten times more valuable than whatever well, off, whatever where, report you gotta make. Where or does spread. the line cross where you're micromanaging? Where I do think, you think that hit? Like, do you think managers worry about like, well, geez, I'm I'm kind of telling. I I think the way you said it was good is you're giving feedback of what's right and, and micro well, right. And well, there's but, mic- and, there's micromanaging I, and there's managing. But I think protocols would lead to more micromanaging yeah. because you'd say, well, you didn't. <clears throat> you know, it says here you should have this many bales why didn't you the well, bill this looks like three and a half things yep. of shaving you're not, not four and you know we laugh but you're not far from reality and and yeah, yeah. so but yeah so the microman you i think i just think it naturally lends itself to less micromanaging when when it's just when when every day you know that somewhere between five in the morning and eight i'm you, the manager is going to swing in and hey yep. man how's your kids t-ball team how would that yeah. go you yep. know or yeah what's hey boy well, the pack looks a little wet today. And again, this, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get it. Hefe, you know, I'll, yeah. get, I'll get it. it, it just, I had 15 cows calve yesterday. I, I, I'll get it. I'll get it. You know. Ah, you sure. Know. And then you say, okay, okay. and walk away. Well, and I, I think to, to kind of wrap all this together is the idea of if you're doing all the things we've talked about, you're helping to foster a better employee. And so you're in some ways creating less work. Like you still have to, supervise and be there but if you know you could after the first few times you're gonna know like okay they got it and it is gonna be more of the small talk getting to know the employees Mm -hmm. that you can support them and pat them on the back or or treat them however they want to be treated that you're gonna do more on that side whereas initially it's probably more of the training like okay here can, can i show you something like let's if you try doing it this way like this might work better for you it's not a all these things kind of go together. It's not yeah, just yeah, doing one, got this. one or the other. It's you got to wrap the whole thing together to make yourself better as a manager and your employees better at what they're doing. There's a there's a good friend of mine is a dairy manager. His name is Kevin Ryan. He probably gets sick of me. He's he's heard this every <laughs> every podcast I've done. I think I've mentioned Kevin's name because I just admire his ability to work with people. And he always says that his most important job every day is to go to the parlor and talk to everybody sure and to know everybody by their first name and to have he always says have a like have a meaningful conversation not hello como estas like no like it's it's go have a conversation and he always says like that's the most before i have to put out these three fires and fill out that one spreadsheet for the bank and talk to the feed supplier and blah 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 whatever whatever the day's crisis is that's his most important thing is to go to the, and you know what nobody likes it i mean i didn't like oh, to go to the parlor and uh, like people complain that this doesn't work or that guy's mad and like oh, I don't want to go in the parlor I just want to go in my office and shut the door, uh, yeah. But that's crit- quite that is the most important hour of the day in my estimate. In my opinion, is you go to the parlor every day and you talk and you just try to get the vibe and let those guys know that they're appreciated and it's amazing what that'll do for you. Just having your finger on the pulse. But, well, yeah, I think you'll see. You know that really hard-working milker one day he looks like he's dragging or he's doing something else yeah there's probably something wrong maybe i should yeah what's going ask on, him man? what's going on yeah and Rather, even if he doesn't tell you at least 
you know, even if he's yeah, you put you put you, yourself you, out yeah, there. You yeah, tried. yeah, yeah. You, yeah. He noticed, and yeah. I, the other little, and I've, again, I've spoken about it before, but I I made that daily routine just so religious in my in my in when I was a manager, and uh, I don't know how many times I would I would literally ask employees questions that I already knew the answer to, just because I I I didn't I couldn't think of what else. Like I just wanted to have that interaction. I remember like. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you guys getting an extra load of gluten feed this week? Even though I knew that the trucker just called me like an hour ago. I'm like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like just because I didn't want that, I didn't want them to see me drive by and ignore them. Like, I, 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 whatever, you know, whatever thing. I already knew the answer to the question, but it was important to have that stop. And then, yeah, have a or you know, yeah, we're gonna get we're getting one today, and then two tomorrow. Oh, geez, all right. Well, it's getting to the end of the week. Yeah, we got to get the bay full. You know, we got to make th- make it through. Really, oh, blah blah blah. And then you have your conversation. And now it's. And now it's two things. It's we're, we're connecting as people. You know I care. Like, you know, but you also know I'm watching. Right. You also know I'm watching. Like, I've got my finger. I'm watching. Yep. I'm not oblivious to what goes on just in the grand scheme of things. Just so you know, I'm watching. So, yeah, it's that balance. That So, yeah. No, I think it's all turning for potentially bad piece of advice into good, good advice and different ways of... I mean, all management styles are, are different, yep. and but there's aspects of all of these things that I think all of us, whether it's us as agronomists working with interns and employees or farm managers, salesmen, they're all things that we can learn and and interactions that we can improve to make our lives easier. Is that ultimately that is as a manager? I think this will make your life easier by making your employees' lives easier. Absolutely. Less headaches, yes. less complaints. Less turnover. Less turnover, yeah. More conversations. It's a lot more fun to go have those conversations that are about how is your kid's t-ball game than why are you behind an hour on the milking? You know, why? Have oh, you yeah. seen this sock? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I was going to, and I'll wrap it up at a bow. If you ever wonder if your protocols are working, if you wonder, wonder, wonder if the protocol that you tape to the wall, if you're wondering if it's working, when no one's looking, take it down and go print off the lyrics to No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> And hang it back mm-hmm. up and see if anybody notices. And if nobody notices, now you know no one's... No one's reading a protocol. No one's reading a yep. protocol. Yeah. I like that song. It's, it's a good <laughs> no song. No! Sleep! Tell Brooklyn! Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Nice. I like yes. it. Great. Thanks, Bill. So yeah. Remember the four of them, Matt, you and I can sum up, but treat people the way they want to be treated. So that's a good flip that way. And... You don't necessarily have to teach the how and why to every employee. Just you know, making sure that you're teach them what teach. they need to know. Yes, not you. what you think they All need right. to know. So, so yeah, I Matt think and I summed this up. Hopefully, we got it, Bill. But not everyone can be a leader. So making sure you're promoting the right people, and then you don't need protocols for everything. That you should follow rules. And what was the other one you rules said? Rules and standards. Standards better than all than protocols. protocols. Yeah. yeah. Good. Thanks again, Bill. My pleasure, guys. No, it's good. Yeah, we appreciate you being a part of the podcast today. And is it going to be awkward trying to, like, are you going to listen to this episode now and be like, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, listen to myself. Oh, my God. God. So, so stupid. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tommy Boy. Yes, yes. We couldn't go the whole show without, 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 a, Tommy, a, Tommy Boy. without a Tommy Boy reference. Yes. And stick your head up a bull's head. <laughs> Get a good look at a T-bone. Or you can take Wait, no, the butcher's word. It's got to be your bull. It's got to be your bull, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, my last day of sales training uh, when I was a young man go- going to work for John Deere, when they actually sent me, 
we we watched half of Tommy Boy, and it's a legitimate Actually, yeah. sales sure. training method. I, I could see that. Yeah. Yep. He he had to find his style. Yeah. He had to frame it. Next thing you know, there's money missing off the dresser, and you're not, you know, like, it, yeah. It was, what was he doing? What was he doing? He was phrasing, he was phrasing the his sales pitch through the eyes of his customer. He was actually yeah. very good, right? He was actually, just, just, yeah. yeah. So it was actually a legit. I mean, yeah, sure, we had fun because it was our last night of of training uh, to watch that. But you know, the, the teacher's like, this. He's actually a good sales. Like yeah. he's he had to find his own style. He had, yeah. As opposed to when he was trying to be his dad and right. failing miserably and, and whatever. I can't stop. Like, the, like that's, that's not good salesmanship, right? Like, he was, whatever. It was watching him, watching him go through being a bad salesman to being a good salesman. In this training, then, did they have David Spade take a two-by-four and smack <laughs> you over the head to knock something loose but, so that you'd actually... Uh, no, fortunately not. No, it was that, that, did that board to the head knock something? Yes. <laughs> not so much here and here, but right here. No, I think that's and that ties in really well too. When you think about trying not to be your father, is not expecting others to do exactly what you do. And I think that's something that you know. I I know I've said to you like, well, I can do that. Why can't this person do that? Yep. It's like, nope, nope. That's not the way to look at it. It's like they can do things I can't do too. Yep. So let's figure it out. So absolutely no? getting to know your people, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Great. Well, thank you, Bill. Thanks. My pleasure guys. What an honor to be your first guest. And uh, again, I'm a big fan of your podcast and I uh, keep up the great work. If you guys like what you're hearing, remember to listen to our podcast on Apple podcasts, podcast addict, Podbean player FM on Android, Amazon music, all available. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And as always happy farming.